What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your guy, JR. Hope you guys are having a beautiful Valentine's Day today. Fellas, make sure you get your lady something for Valentine's today. Um, And I hope that it's a beautiful day for you guys and a beautiful morning for you guys thus far. On the agenda for today, we're going to talk about Super Bowl 58 Chiefs and the Niners. As we all know and have seen by now, the Chiefs defeat the Niners 25-22 to in overtime. So I'm just going to break down um, some key moments in the game, talk about a few storylines. I was texting Chill B yesterday. I was like, man, I got four pages of prep notes, and it's going to take forever. But I condensed it. Don't get, don't, don't be, don't get worried. I condensed it. So I condensed it a lot. Just going to talk about the key areas that I want to talk about, give you guys some stats because you know I'm a stats guy, um, and point out some things where I think this game could have went either way. Um, y'all know I picked 15, and I told you. I don't bet against 15, and we'll get to that here in a minute, 15 being Patrick Mahomes. But there's some key moments in this game, and there's a lot of different ways this game could have went. I'm not naive to say that the Niners easily could have won this game. I'm, I'm not even going to act like they couldn't have. Like, the Chiefs dominated because they didn't. They actually – well, you know what? I'm getting into it. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, like I said, on the agenda for today, Super Bowl recap. Um, be on the lookout for later in the week. I have a bat, NBA, some NBA talk coming. be dropping an episode as well. And then my MLB prep is coming up as well. So, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks. It's All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your guy, JR. Be right back with the Super Bowl recap. <music> So let's jump right into it. As I mentioned before, the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 in overtime. Patrick Mahomes led the way 34-46, 333 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Also had nine carries for 66 yards. So if you're mathing, that's 399 total yards of offense. Walked away with the Super Bowl MVP, as he should have. Travis Kelsey, after having one catch for one yard in the first half, rebounded in the second half with eight catches and 92 yards, finished with a total of nine receptions for 93 yards. And Miko Hartman caught the game-winning touchdown. Three catches, 57 yards, and the game-winner. Um, let's talk about the Chiefs that I'll get to. Um, Brock Purdy and CMC and the Niners in a second. And then we're going to talk about some key moments where I feel like this game could have been different. Um, Patrick Mahomes, again, like I said, you know, 399 total yards of offense, three touchdowns, one pick. What an excellent game from him. Uh, first half, we saw that the San Francisco 49ers defense came out just on fire, man. These guys came out with intensity. These guys came out with uh, a level of execution that was perfect. These guys came out with um, a, a just will to just, hey, we ain't going to let y'all do anything. And it showed. I mean, 
from the first play of the game, the Pacheco run, that's a four-yard loss. I mean, they came out. Greenlaw was a just – it was crazy. I thought the man was possessed. He was coming out just hitting his helmet, yelling. Like, he would, you could tell they were fired up to play this game. So, give credit to that defense for that first half. And second half, we see what happened. Chiefs started getting some type of rhythm. Unfortunately, Dre Green, Greenlaw tore his Achilles, which is an unfortunate situation. Um, but second half, you see the Chiefs just kind of, you know, started finding some footing. The 49ers did some things that I don't agree with. And again, we'll ta- tackle that in a minute. Um, but they started finding their footing, and Mahomes just started rolling. And end result is 25-22 in overtime. Travis Kelsey, who was shut out in the first half, I thought that the 49ers did an excellent job on him. Um, double-teamed him for most of the game. Fred Warner, when they was in man, Fred Warner did an excellent job on him. Um, frustrated him, as we can see with the bump uh, with Andy Reid. And let me talk about that for a second while I'm on it. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I think people are overstating it. I'm so tired of people talking about he he a diva, he this, he that. He shouldn't have bumped him. He should be – we should have sat him down. No, if you ain't never played sports, you ain't never been in a heated argument before. You know how many times in a sports setting, whether it be a coach or whether it be a teammate, where even myself, I've gotten to a heated argument with. It's sports, man. It happens. Now, I am not condoning him going up to Reed like that and bumping him. One, you caught Reed off guard. Reed is 65. Could have hurt that man. So, you caught Andy Reed off guard. Shouldn't have done that. So, I'm never condoning putting the hands on a coach or a coach putting his hands on a player or him bumping them like that, I never condone that. Let's go ahead and get that straight. But Travis Kelsey was mad because he was not in the game at a pivotal moment. And Pacheco fumbled. So you have the big play by Mahomes to uh, Miko Hartman, 52-yard bomb, which was a dot, beautiful throw. The very next play, they take Kelsey out, they run the ball to the left, Pacheco fumbles. That's why he was so upset. He was upset because, man, we finally got some momentum going. I've been double teamed the entire first half, hadn't got the ball, got it on a screen that got stopped, and then you take me out. So can, y'all can miss me with the whole Travis Kelsey is a diva and he should have been sad and all this. It's the Super Bowl. You can miss me with that. Y'all only saying that because he dating Taylor Swift. And I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of taking away from the game because he's dating Taylor Swift. Just drop it. Let's talk about the actual game. Let's talk about the actual football game. Travis Kelsey was dominant before he started dating Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey was a dog before he started dating uh, Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey was just great before he started dating her. Now, all of a sudden, y'all just hate him because he date her. Man, miss me with that. Anyways, so the Chiefs put together very good second half. Um, come on with the win. Let's flip to the other side real quick before we start hitting some of the questions I got and some of the analysis. Brock Purdy, 23 of 38, 255 yards and a touchdown. And that boy CMC, my former Panther, who I wish we still had. 22 carries for 80 yards, eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Became the first player ever with at least 80 rushing yards and 80 receiving yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl era. Just an incredible talent. Um, We all know what CMC brings to the table. Uh, uh, Just a guy who can do everything. Uh, and he was having a, you know, pretty good game. Um, 
he picked the spots, you know, had a good game. I feel like they should have featured him a little more. I know he was tired, but they should have featured him a little more. It's the Super Bowl. Um, but, hey, it happens. Let's back up to Brock Purdy real quick. I am going to show some love to Brock Purdy because I have been accused of not showing love to Brock Purdy, thinking that he had get this or that. Look, Brock Purdy did what I expected him to do. He took care of the ball, and he got the ball where it needed to go. And he made some throws where it was like, okay, this young man can play. The move, uh, the throw to Cal Juszczyk, the fullback, where he kind of ran out the pocket, gave George Karloffis, the DN, gave him a little, uh, gave him a little stutter step and kind of, you know, hesitation and still rolled out and made the throw on the run to Juszczyk, who made an incredible catch. At first, I didn't think it was a catch. Like the Dez Bryant thing to me where he caught it, but it kind of bobbled once it hit the ground. I didn't think it was a catch, but hey, it stood as a catch. Um, but I saw that play and was like, okay, that's not a game manager right there. That's a that's an elite play. That's a let me got the pocket, uh, make a move on you, throw it to the sideline. That that's a legit play. But overall, I still think he's an elite game manager. He's an elite game manager. He got the ball where it needed to go, on time, accurate, and he let his guys do the rest. But what I will say is I think the Niners have their quarterback for the future. I think they need to pay this man, pay this man whatever he need, and continue to keep the pieces around him and continue to put the ball in his hands because Brock Purdy played an excellent game. I don't think – now, there was a couple of throws um, I think he would like to have back, as would any quarterback, but there's a few throws that he would like to have back. Um, but when you got Chris Jones coming down the middle wide open – I mean, excuse me, when you come in, you got Chris Jones coming down to, you know, getting through the line unblocked, that's like staring out a barrel, right? Like, you hear that term, you know you're going to get hit, but you got to make the throw, right? That's tough, man. This Chris Jones we're talking about. This is an all-pro defensive tackle we're talking about. <laughs> Probably the best defensive tackle in the game. That's no shot at Aaron Donald, but Chris Jones has been a problem the last few years. You're talking the best D tackle in the game. I don't know if I would have stood there and made throws either. So I'm not even going to blame him for that. That's me just nitpicking. But I think that Brock Purdy had an excellent game. I think that he did what I expected. I don't know about y'all, but he did what I expected him to do. Manage the game. Don't turn the ball over. Get the ball to your playmakers. And that's what he did. And see, the thing about game managers is this right here too. The thing about game managers is – Sometimes they can make uncanny plays. Sometimes they can make plays where it's off script. It's not to say that they can't make off script plays. They can make plays sometimes off script, and that's what he did. But for the rest of the game, he sat in the pocket. He got the ball to IU. He got the ball to Janice. He got the ball to Debo. He got the ball to CMC. Kittle was non-existent in the receiving game. The blocking game, we know what Kittle does. Probably the best blocking tight end in the game right now. We know what he does that, but receiving-wise, Kittle didn't have any type of effect. And then the one big catch he did have had to come back on a Trent Williams hold. But I thought Purdy just had an excellent game, and he did exactly what I thought he would do. Manage the game, get the ball to the to the right player at the right time at you know in that system. He did an incredible job. Before I get to the key moments that I want to talk about, I just want to talk about the path real quick that the Chiefs had to take and where we started with this team. 
The Chiefs, you know, led the NFL in drops with 44 drops this year. Eight by Kelsey, four by Rice, you know, a, you know, few by MVS, Scantlin, Kadarius Tony, who didn't even dress up for this game. And I don't blame the Chiefs. I wouldn't have played them either. Two of Patrick Mahomes' 14 interceptions came off his hands this year. I ain't playing you either, dog. It's Super Bowl. I don't trust you to catch that ball. That's just me being honest. But so you have the, the, the turmoil of the season that happened. Everybody said they wasn't the same and this and that. Then we get to the playoffs. And they had to face the Dolphins, which we know they ran through them. Then they had to face the two seed in the Bills. And Buffalo took care of them. Then they had to play the one seed in Baltimore, took care of them. Now, again, in that game, a few plays here or there, and the Ravens win. That's how it is, guys. Like, I heard somebody say, well, the Chiefs got lucky. Nah, they didn't get lucky, man. They made the plays that needed to be made. And Baltimore didn't execute like they did, like they normally execute, and the Chiefs took advantage of that. Like, that's the thing, guys. Like, it's not that they got lucky. It's just that. There was a few key moments that could have swayed the game. The Chiefs executed. Baltimore didn't. Now, on any championship run, I heard Doc Rivers say this before. On any championship run, there is a little luck sometimes. That things just bounce your way sometimes. But for the most part, it's not 90% luck, 10% execution, right? It's 95% execution, and you may get lucky every now and then. And the Chiefs in that game, for some reason, the Ravens decided to run the ball five times the entire game. Six, excuse me. So, I don't know why you change your identity, right? <laughs> why you change your identity. So, anyways, they go through the one seed, and then you got the one seed from the NFC and the Super Bowl, and you beat them. The road that the Chiefs took to get to this point was incredible, and this is their best win yet for our Super Bowl goals. And the scary thing is about this team, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, and I don't want to do that, but the scary thing about this team is they're super young. Average age of their DBs are 24 or 25. It's the second youngest age of DBs to uh, of a secondary to win a Super Bowl in NFL history. You know who was the first? The Chiefs last year. They were 24. This defense is young. This team is young outside of Kelsey and some veterans. This team ain't going nowhere. <laughs> now, I'm going to talk about what they got to do. And before we close it out, I'm going to talk about some key things. They got to do the three-peat. We'll talk about that later. But as of right now, the path that they took to get here was simply incredible. And I think there ain't nothing you can say no more. We questioned could Pat win on the road. He won two road games. At Buffalo, at Baltimore. I don't think it gets no harder than that. So, let's move on to a question, to some questions I have. And then I'll point out six key moments. I'm going to six key moments that could have swayed this game either way and what impacted this game. And we're going to branch off from there and talk about a few things, give you my comments on those six key moments. And then after these six key moments, we're going to talk about Pat and the Chiefs and are they a dynasty? Can they keep this up? But right now, let's talk about six key moments that could have had this game go either way. So, my first question. Did the Niners lose this game? Or did the Chiefs take this game? Or is it a little of both? I'm going to say the latter. I'm going to say it's a little of both. 
I think that the Niners kind of lost this game in the way that they were playing. And then I think that the Chiefs took this game when the, oppor when the opportunities presented itself. Does that make sense? So the Niners, if they would have executed better, the Niners, if they would have stuck to what, if they would have stuck to the run, I believe, if they would have stuck to the run, if they would have stuck to their principles, I think they would have won. Also, I think that the Chiefs took advantage of the Niners not sticking to the run, but they're not executing. And I think they took advantage and they took the game as well. So I think it's a little of both. What do I mean by that they lose the game? So if you go back, I had to go back and watch the game. So I watched the whole game. It was already four hours long. Well, really, it's like two game time. You take out commercials, halftime show, all that. So I went back and I watched the entire game. And if you watch that game, especially leading up to, you know, the end of the game, the Niners played a lot of man. They mixed in some cover zero, which is man. They had a lot of man. They mixed in some zone principles as well. Um, but if you watch later in that game, especially the drive to tie it, to go to overtime, what did the Niners do? They were in strictly prevent. And I don't understand why they were in prevent. I really don't. Now, I think they had to get out of man because you lost Dre Greenlaw to a torn Achilles. So I don't think they could have played man anymore. Uh, I mean, they could have, but Greenlaw's one of the better outside linebackers in the game, along with Fred Warner, probably the best middle linebacker. So I think they had to play a little more zone. Um, and then now the DNs were getting home. Bosa, Chase, Hargrave, they were getting home. Uh, Armstead, they were playing well. Um, and, and actually sacked Mahomes twice, I believe. So they were playing well. But I think once they changed up, and I think the injury to Greenlaw really forced them to change their kind of their concepts, I think the Chiefs took advantage of that. Also, I think that the Niners should have ran the ball a lot more. Um, if you notice in that game, the 49ers, they wasn't getting chunk runs, but they were just steady getting three yards here, four yards here. Then they would bust off an occasional eight, but then McCaffrey would get three. Then he would get four. And then Mitchell came in and would get six. I think he got a few carries. Then he would get four. I think they should have stuck to the run. And that's one of my key moments later. I don't want to jump ahead of myself again. But if they would have stuck to running the ball, I think that this game would have been drastically different. McCaffrey had 30 touches. Let him get 40. It's the Super Bowl, man. You got to win this game. He had 22 carries. Give him 31 carries. Like, I think, like, if they would have consistently stayed running the ball, it would have continued to wear this Chiefs team uh, defense out, and I think you would have seen a different result. So that's why that's what I mean by did the 49ers lose the game? Because I don't think they stuck to what they normally do, which is running the ball, play action, and then let Brock, Pur Brock Purdy get the ball to the playmakers. If he would have just stuck to it, Kyle Shanahan, stick to your guns, man. Stick to what you do. I think they would have won this game. And I, then I think the Chiefs took advantage. I think once Greenlaw got hurt, nah, I, and, and one could argue that, you know, it wouldn't have mattered that the Chiefs would have played well anyway, but we don't know that because Greenlaw got hurt. But the Chiefs started taking advantage. It was like as soon as Greenlaw got hurt, Kelsey started eating. Mahomes started running up the middle. You started seeing Pacheco get a few more runs. Like I think the Chiefs made adjustments 
in the second half that the Niners did not, right? They just, I guess, you know, and a lot of coaching, a lot of coaching is adjustments. And Andy Reid makes adjustments just, you know, as well as anybody in the game. And I think they made the right adjustments. And I don't think the 49ers made adjustments. And you hear about the, you know, the Chiefs defense. I was listening to Chris Jones talk. And, you know, one of the questions they asked him was, why was Brock Purdy having so much success earlier in the game? He said, because we're playing cover two, cover three. He said, we play a lot of zone. Um, he said, but when we went to man, you see all that stopped. That's an adjustment by Spagnuolo. That's an adjustment. That's what the kind of stuff I'm talking about. They played zone, realized, oh, he eating his zone up. Let's go to man. When they went to man, different story. And the thing that's not getting talked about enough is the way that this defense played. To me, now I love Patrick Mahomes. You guys know that. I, I, I got a whole segment on him here in a minute. I love the guy. I think he's incredible. But the thing that's not getting talked about enough is the Chiefs defense. Did you guys know? And again, y'all know I'm a stat guy. The Chiefs did not let nobody score over 28 points in a game. It might have been 27. Did not let nobody score over 27 points in a game this season. They played 20 games. Nobody scored over 27 points. Do you know that's the most since the 2000 Ravens did it? That legendary defense. So nobody scored more than 27 points on this Chiefs defense all year, all season long. This defense was incredible. This defense deserves some love. This defense deserves a lot of credit. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of the reason that this team won the Super Bowl this year was because of Chris Jones, Trent McDuffie, Ladarius Sneed, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Carlafis on the end, um, Mike Edwards. The big reason why this Chiefs team won this year. I say more than more than half the reason. The offense was good. Pat carried them offensively, but they won this title because of that defense. I'm going. I, I, I firmly believe that if that def, if this defense isn't this good, they don't win. I don't even know if they get here to this point. And that's to take nothing away from Mahomes, right? That's to take nothing away from him. But his Chiefs defense was unreal. So, again, adjustments. Chiefs play zone. Realize Brock Purdy's having his way with our zone. They switch to man. Once they switch to man, you see what happened. From the, from the trick play touchdown to the end of the third quarter, they didn't do anything. I think it was a total of like three total yards. It was something unreal. In the third quarter, up until they scored that touchdown, they had only amassed three total yards, and that was at the end of the third quarter. That Chiefs defense really settled in and really started having their way with the Niners offense. So I don't think that they lost the game. I don't think the Niners necessarily like, hey, we can look back and say Niners just completely lost this game. Chiefs didn't do nothing. They just gave it to them. I don't think we can say that. But what I do think we can say is that it was a little of both. Let's get to some key moments that I think swayed this game. Key moment number one. And I have six moments. Key moment number one. The fumble by CMC, Christian McCaffrey, on the opening drive of the game. Why do I say this is a key moment? I, I think this is a key moment in that game because if you notice, when they got that kickoff, McCaffrey was running like a man possessed. He was running, you know, carrying covered defenders with him. They were blocking. They were executing perfectly. They got all the way down to like the 30, 
And I was like, oh, snap. Like, if it's going to be this way, Chiefs ain't got a shot. If it's going to be this way, the Chiefs ain't got a shot to beat this team. They were moving the ball, it seemed like, with ease. And then McCaffrey breaks through, cuts right, and then you see Kerlifis getting there and just rip it out. That was a key moment in this game because I believe if they score, if they score there, that gives them confidence. They made the they made the stop on the, you know, when the Chiefs got the ball. And who knows what would have happened after that. They could have continued to score this game, could have got out of hand. That's a key moment to me because open and drive, that's kind of when you want to establish, like, we're going to score here, go ahead and establish that we are here, that we're ready. And I thought they were doing that. I thought they were establishing, like, we're going to run the ball down your throat until y'all stop. And then McCaffrey fumbled, which I think killed some momentum with that offense. Now, they continue to play well, as any professional team would do. They said, you know what? It was a turnover. Let's move past that. Let's not dwell on it. And they and they move forward. But I think that's a key moment. Let's go to key moment number two. The first drive of the third quarter for the Chiefs, Pat throws an interception. And the 49ers are at the Chiefs 44-yard line. It's a key moment for both teams. Why is that a key moment for both teams? It's a key moment for both teams because I really thought that the Chiefs needed, at, at this point, now we know the end result. All right, so hindsight's 2020, but at that moment, I thought the Chiefs needed to come out and respond with a touchdown because I thought if they don't get a touchdown here, it's going to be tough with the way they're running the ball, with the way they're playing. It's going to be tough. You, you start doing the math. It's like, I know it's the beginning of the third, the whole second half to go, but you start doing the math, man. It's like, if Chiefs don't score here and they eat up six minutes off the clock, your possessions go way down. And the, way, and the way the Chiefs were looking to that point was like, I don't know if they're going to score on this team. So you start thinking like, oh, man, that's a big moment. So as they're driving, the one of the only mistakes Pat Mahomes makes is he over – and see, on that play, I don't know if he was going to MVS. I don't know if he was going to Kelsey. It looked like he was trying to go to MVS. But whoever he was trying to go to, the Niners picked it off. And at that moment, I thought, oh, man, this is a key moment because if they score here – it's 17-3, and it's a total different ball game. It's, it's more pressure, and we know what Pat Mahomes does when trailing. I'll give you those stats later. But it's more pressure, and it's a key moment because there's no telling how long a drive would have took, and there's no telling what would have happened. And the Chiefs' chances of winning goes down tremendously. But what happened after Pat threw the pick? Three straight throws by the 49ers and a false start, and they have to punt the ball. That is what I mean by did they lose it. That is what I mean by they didn't stick to their guns. Three straight throws and a false start to get to third and 12, and they had to punt the ball away. That was a moment where you needed to put the champs away, where you needed to say, this is our moment. I don't care if you run, run, and throw. And then, heck, go for it if you need to. If it's fourth and two or shorter, you're on the chief side of the 50. Like, that was a moment where it was like, why didn't you run the ball? Why didn't you? You were getting three and four yards of carry. So if you run the ball twice, it's third and two by that math. Now, we know they could have stopped them. But they're getting three yards of carry. Let's say three yards of carry, you run the ball twice. It's third and four. That's two downs to go for. You're on the Chiefs' 40. I don't understand why he didn't stick to his guns. So three straight throws and a punt, that's a key moment in that game. Because if you score and you get the champs down 17-3, to 
It's a total different game. So I'm going to take a short break. When we get right back, we're going to go through key moments three through six. And then we're going to talk about the greatness of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed, and can they three-peat. This is the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your guy, JR. Be right back. All right, all right. Let's jump back into this. Key moment number three. With two minutes and 34 seconds left in the third quarter, the muff punt happens. The very next play, it's a score by MVS. And that, to me, was a huge play in this game. was a huge, huge play um, because if, you know, and, and again, I made the statement that Doc Rivers said that, on a championship run, Doc Rivers being the NBA head coach, that sometimes you just get lucky breaks. And I, I like I told y'all earlier, that is true. Sometimes you get lucky breaks. This is one of them lucky breaks. And I was talking to somebody at uh, at work, and they made a good point. They were like, why didn't he just play it off like nobody saw it? And, you know, it sounds like a good idea from, from the surface. It's like, why didn't he just play it off like he's just sitting there, let one of the guys touch it, and, you know, they blow it dead. But on one hand, it's like, that's a smart idea. But on another hand, it's like, what if one of the Chiefs guys would have saw it? You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of one of them plays you just kind of react because he saw it and it's like, dang, I need to get this ball. That way the Chiefs don't. And in doing so, he tried to pick it up instead of downing it. If he would have just fell on top of it and downed it, we're talking a completely different game because the momentum shifted. The... Niners had just got a big, another big stop on the Chiefs. Chiefs still up, up to this point wasn't doing much. They had started getting some success, but they wasn't doing much. Um, the Niners had them backed up all the way to the goal line. They were just struggling and got the punt off. The muff happens. And now, again, it kind of wasn't a muff punt. By definition, normally a muff punt is just when the ball's in the air and the guy just drops it, right? Or bobbles it or whatever. That's normally when we say muff punt. So this is kind of was an unlucky situation. I think I do think Ray Ray did the right thing in trying to get it, but he just should have just dropped on it. Now, that's easier said than done. If you haven't been in that position, it's easier said than done. A lot of people are like, just fall on it. But you, you, your heart's already racing. It's a big moment in the game. Your momentum's carrying you trying to get the ball. Sometimes you're not thinking about just downing it and falling on it. You're just thinking about grabbing it and going, which is what he done. And unfortunately, he tried to grab it. He couldn't grab it. Then he got popped, and then the Chiefs fell on it. Very next play, MVS wide open touchdown. Key moment in that game because that enabled the Chiefs to go up 13-10 to 10 because the Chiefs had got another field goal. So it was 10-6. Allowed them to go up 13-10, to 10, and the whole momentum shifted in that game. Fast forward to key play number four the blocked extra point in the fourth quarter. Huge, huge play in this game. I'm explaining to you why it was huge. It was a huge play because if you remember, at the end of the third, so after the Chiefs score in that third quarter, the 49ers started moving the ball, you know, fairly well in that third quarter. And the third quarter ended up running out. It was still Chiefs 13-10, but the Niners were moving and was about to score. Um, and in that fourth quarter, Jawan Jennings caught a touchdown on a slant. And speaking of Jawan Jennings, he had an excellent game. A, a passing touchdown and a throwing touchdown are the same thing. 
a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown and made big catches throughout that game. Could have been the MVP if they had won. Probably would have went to Christian McCaffrey, but he had a huge impact on this game. But if you remember, he caught that slant and they went up, what, 16 to 13. If they kick the extra point, what is it? It's 17 to 13. If they make it, huge difference in this game. Why is it a huge difference in this game? It's because if you remember, the Chiefs responded with another field goal later in that quarter. It would have been 16, to, it, it, and it was 16-16. Imagine the Chiefs get a field goal and it's 17-16. And with the way the Niners were moving that ball, that's a huge difference. If they had to kick the field goal, it would have been 2016 with a minute and 30 to go. And we'll get to that in a minute. With a minute and 50 to go, and the Chiefs would have had to score a touchdown to win. That's why this is that's why this block point was huge. So instead of it being 1919 to go into overtime, you know, and and or excuse me, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So instead of it being, you know, 20 to 16, it was 19 to 16. And all the Chiefs had to do was get a field goal to go into overtime. So I think that was a huge play in this game because 2016 is a whole different ball game. You gotta score. The Chiefs would have had to score to win the ball game. There would have been no overtime. They had to score to win. Huge moment in that game. Key play number five. Third and long and with a long four yards to go at the two-minute mark. So if you remember, it's two-minute warning. It's third and four. The Niners are moving. They're on the Chiefs' side of the field. And the Chiefs go with an all-out blitz to stop the Niners. Now, I was telling everybody I was watching the game with, if the 49ers get this third down, I thought it was going to be over. I really did because they were marching. It was 16-16. I believe that the Niners get that first down. They bleed the clock. They kick a field goal. This game's over. Third and four, Steve Spagnuolo, who should have been up for one assistant coaches of the year, but he wasn't because I think the Chiefs record, but should have been assistant coach of the year, not Jim Schwartz or the Browns. And, you know, speaking of that, I got to get on this little tangent real quick. How did the Browns win four of the awards this year? They won Coach of the Year, Top Assistant of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Combat Player of the Year, and got boat raced by the Houston Texans. Don't make any sense to me, but we'll talk about the awards later. But anyways, um, All Out Blitz and Trent McDuffie bats a ball down, third and four, forces the 49ers to kick a field goal. And again, guys, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about right there. Stick to your guns it's third and four you probably got two downs to play with run the ball it would have been fourth and one now and saying that i don't know what they were seeing it didn't look like the box was stacked i think they disguised the blitz so maybe they wouldn't have got a couple yards maybe they would have i don't know the blitz was disguised though romo you heard romo on there oh it's a blitz the blitz it didn't look like a blitz it looked like it was just you know they were lining up in man it didn't look like a blitz at all. But then once the ball was snapped, the whole team came. So it was cover zero. There was no help. He brought everybody. So McDuffie got a hand on it. They kick a field goal. It's 19-16. Big play in that game. They get that first down. I truly believe the game's over. And my last key moment that I want to talk about, the 49ers getting the ball first in overtime. I do not think they should have got the ball first. Now, you heard a lot of people argue You've heard a lot of people go back and forth about this. So there's pros and cons on both ends of it. It's a pro on it because if you get the ball, 
and you get a field goal and you hold the Chiefs to a field goal, the 49ers get the next possession and if they hit a field goal, game's over. It's the new postseason rules. And the new postseason rules, the first person, each team gets a possession, all right? So the Niners got a possession, Chiefs get a possession. Um, if the Chiefs would have, if the Niners would have got a touchdown, the Chiefs would have had to got a touchdown to extend the game. Niners got a field goal. We know Chiefs score a touchdown, they win the game. But let's say they both got touchdowns in that opening possession of overtime. If the Niners would have kicked a field goal after that, they would have won because of sudden death after the first two possessions. So I see why they wanted to get the ball first because they're thinking, you heard Shanahan, we wanted the ball third. We wanted it last to be able to walk off, right? So I see why, but I think it's dumb. The reason why I think it was dumb was because if you get held to a field goal, in which they did, and it was almost a pick, Bolton just, if he didn't have that big old cast on his arm, he would have picked that, and that game would have been over. All Chiefs had to do was kick a field goal, that game's over. But Bolton, he dropped the interception, and then it was third and 13. They got a holding call on Trick McDuffie, which was holding. He just got lost at the line of scrimmage. Jennings again drew the holding, which gave him a first down. But I just believe that, you know, you should allow the Chiefs to get the ball first. Because if you could hold them to a field goal, which they had been doing well in stopping them, if you would have held them to a field goal, that gives you the opportunity, just like the Chiefs had, to go down and score and win the game. But instead, y'all got held to a field goal, and you let Patrick Mahomes march down the field and get a touchdown. I think it was a mistake to give them the ball. I really do. And again, they didn't stick to the guns. And when they did, McCaffrey broke off a big run. And that was on a swing pass, but McCaffrey broke off a good run. Uh, but I just think that 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 play, they should have said, defer, let the Chiefs have it, let's stop them, let's get them to a field goal, and then we can go score and win this game. So those are just six key moments, guys, uh, throughout the game where I believe the Niners kind of got away from who they are and the Chiefs kind of took it. Because I think the Chiefs play well second half. I think the defense continued to play well. And Patrick Mahomes is just incredible when he's trailing. The guy's absolutely incredible when he is down in Super Bowls. I think his record is 9-2 and two when he's trailing by 7 or more. When he's trailing by 10 and more, he's what? I think he's won all three of his Super Bowls. He's 3-1 and one in the Super Bowls when trailing by three or, when trailing by 10 or more. That's absolutely insane. He's when in the playoffs when he's trailing by seven or more, Patrick Mahomes is nine and two. The next is Brady at ten and eleven. Everybody else is like four and a hundred or something. Comeback kid, pure definition of comeback kid. I mean, the guy don't blink when he's down. So I think they just left too much time for him. But those are just six key plays to me. When I went back and watched the game and broke the film down, to me and my definition that if any of those plays go differently, the Niners win. I truly believe that. So I'm not going to sit here and act like Brock Purdy didn't play good enough. I'm not going to act like the Niners didn't play. If those key moments are different, I think we're sitting here talking about the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. I really think so. A couple more things I want to talk about before we get out of here. Chris Jones, the impact that Chris Jones made, made three huge plays. Three huge plays, man. Um, he got a big stop to Debo in the third quarter. Debo was wide open. Chris Jones got a hand on it or got hit by Purdy's arm. Jennings was open late in that game. And again, I think it was Debo again that was open in that game. And Chris Jones just made massive plays. So you got to give kudos to him. 
And again, Brock Purdy, hats off to Brock Purdy. I think that Brock Purdy played excellent. Um, I have nothing bad to say about him. Uh, I just still think he's a game manager. Whether you, you know, I think that's fine that we can disagree. And again, I don't think game manager is a negative connotation. I think that a game manager is totally fine. He's just an elite one. So let's move on. Let's talk about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. Now that the Chiefs have won, it's just three Super Bowls in five years, six straight AFC Championship games. Patrick Mahomes is now a three-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time league MVP, two-time All-Pro, and a six-time Pro Bowler. That dude, if his career, if he said, I'm done today, first ballot Hall of Famer, top three quarterback of all time. Now, I was messing with my pastor. I sent him a text. I said he's number two all time already. Now, I think you could argue that. I think you can make points that that Patrick Mahomes has passed, passed Joe Montana. Um, but I think that you can say that he ain't passed Montana yet. So I'm okay with either or. But I do think that it's okay at this point. With his resume, I think it's okay at this point to say Patrick Mahomes is a top three quarterback of all time. Whether you want to put him at two or three, that is up to you. Has he surpassed Tom Brady? I do not think he has surpassed Tom Brady. I think you got a lot more work to do to surpass Tom Brady, but he is well on his way to being the GOAT quarterback. I told somebody at work this as well. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best player you know, I've ever seen. I think football player. I think he's the best player I've ever seen. And I think he's the best quarterback we've ever seen. Being the best quarterback we've ever seen doesn't mean that you're the GOAT, right? Like, he, Tom Brady is still the GOAT. Everything he's done, his accomplishments, his stats. But I think that Mahomes is a better quarterback than him. Mahomes is accurate. Mahomes has a better arm. I have Mahomes is elusive, plays the position great. Um, come back I mean I just think he's the better player than Tom Brady not necessarily the GOAT right I want to read you guys something that I thought was incredible Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady neck and neck in the first six years of starting Patrick Mahomes 72 and 22 Brady was 70 and 24 Mahomes playoff record 15 and 3. Tom Brady's 12 and 2. Mind you, this is the first six years of their career. Four AFC titles for Patrick Mahomes, three for Tom Brady. Three Super Bowl wins for Patrick Mahomes, three for Tom Brady. 260 passing touchdowns, only 70 interceptions. Tom Brady had 167 and 87 interceptions. Quarterback rating of 104.1. Tom Brady's is 88.4. So you can look at this and say, well, some of the passing touchdown numbers are inflated. And they probably are far 260 passing touchdowns over almost 100 more than Tom Brady had. Kind of is inflated because of the era that we play in. But Mahomes had 17 less interceptions than Brady. And a lot of people don't remember that Patriots team was led by the defense. It really wasn't led by Tom Brady because Tom Brady wasn't who he was. Tom Brady wasn't the Tom Brady that we grew to know later in his career. He was a elite game manager at that point. I've always said it. Tom Brady was an elite game manager at that point. So I think Mahomes is well on his way to being a top two quarterback of all time. But to catch Tom Brady, I don't think he has to win seven. I told y'all this last year in my prep or my recap. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has to win seven Super Bowls to be the GOAT. But I think, and, I, and I've said this, this is three titles in five years. 
Now, you got to remember, Tom Brady went in a span of nine to ten years of not winning a Super Bowl. So he had almost a decade where he did not win a Super Bowl. So let's if, if Patrick Mahomes, and this is what I think, y'all can agree, let me know what you think. If Patrick Mahomes can win five titles in 12 years, it's the GOAT to me. So in the next seven years, they've won three and five. In the next seven years, if he can win two more, That'll be him playing for, well, he technically he's been there. He's been starting. He's technically been there for seven years, but been only starting for six. So let's say over the next six years. So over the next six years, if they win two more Super Bowls, that'll be five titles and 12 years of him starting. I think that I think he'd be the GOAT then. I think he would be the GOAT because that's a 12-year span. And in them 12 years, you won five titles, to me, that makes him the GOAT. I really think so. Brady won seven titles in 24 years. Played a long time. It's only won seven titles. Now, I think another thing that separates Brady is, one, Super Bowls are hard to get, so seven is unreal. But he won with another team. And then he beat Patrick Mahomes head up in the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. So, I think when, it, when we get down to it, that's going to be an argument that Tom Brady has is that he beat him in the Super Bowl and that he beat him in the AFC Championship. But I think when it's all said and done, I think Patrick Mahomes, if he can win five or six titles in a 12 to 13 year span, I think he's the GOAT. I really do. Um, imagine getting five titles in 12 years. That's going to be hard to deny him. But as we stand today, clearly the best player in the game, clearly the best quarterback in the league, clearly far and away better than any quarterback in this league. And I think he's up there with Brady and Montana as a top three quarterback of all time. And he's only 29 years old, guys. <laughs> Unreal. Talk about Andy Reid real quick. Three-time Super Bowl champ at, as of now. Fourth all-time in regular season wins. Second with 26 postseason wins. I just – Andy Reid's incredible. I think he has an argument to be a top three coach of all time. Um, you start talking about Bill Belichick, Tom Landry, Don Shula, Vince Lombardi. I mean, you're talking about the greats and the coaching ranks. I think that Andy Reid's up there. I really do. He took two teams to the Super Bowl. Granted, he's only one with the Chiefs, but he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl as well and also took them to six NFC Championship games. So this guy knows how to coach football. So I think that Andy Reid is also a top five coach at this point. Um, he's 65, so I'll be curious to see how much longer he coaches. Um, I don't know if he'll coach as long as Belichick. Andy Reid's kind of a bigger fella, so I don't know how long he's going to coach. I don't know where his health looks like, but I do think Andy Reid, he already said he's returning next year. We'll see what the future holds after next year. If they three-peat, does he come back? If you know they lose, if they have a bad season, does he come back? It, we don't know yet, so it's yet to be seen. And last but not least, Travis Kelsey, who I believe is the GOAT tight end. I know a lot of people still got Rob Gronkowski, and it depends on how you it depends on how you view tight end. If you're talking, you want a tight end that can block, that can catch, that can do all that. Rob Gronkowski is a better blocker than Travis Kelsey. That that is just facts. Um, so if you still I, to me, if you say Rob Gronkowski is a GOAT, I'm not gonna argue with you. But for me personally, I got Travis Kelsey as the GOAT. Seven straight 1,000 yard season. That's an NFL tight end record. Could have been eight. If he wanted to play this year, he only was 20 yards short, but he said no because he wanted to rest up and he didn't want to make it about him. So I can respect that. But seven straight 1,000-yard seasons should have been eight. 
165 receptions in the playoff NFL record. Ninth, 1,903 yards in the postseason. Second all-time to Jerry West. Jerry West, oh my gosh. (laughs) Jerry Rice. 19 touchdown receptions in the postseason. Second all-time to Jerry Rice. So, Travis Kelsey in the playoffs just goes up to another level. I think he's the GOAT tight end. And I think that he said he's returning as well because he's mentioned retiring. He'll be 34, 35 next year. Don't know how much longer Kelsey got, but we'll see. Um, And I think that these three will go down as a great trio and going into the future. I really do. I think these three will be talked about for a long time. And Pat, to me, is a top three quarterback of all time still. Hasn't quite reached two yet. If he wins another MVP in the regular season, you know, has success in the playoffs next year, he'll probably jump Montana for me. Even if they don't win, he'll probably jump Montana for me. But right now, I still think he's number three. If you were telling me, hey, man, I think he's better than Montana, I'm not going to argue with that either. But right now, I still think it's Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes, to me, is solidified at that number three. I think last year you could look and say, uh, top three is kind of top three is kind of pushing it with two titles. I think now this one solidified. Like, he's the third best quarterback that we've ever seen. Um, take a quick break. When I get back, we're going to talk about is this Chiefs team a dynasty and also can they three-peat. And I'm going to tell you why the Chiefs, Need a lot of work this offseason to be able to three-peat. All Things Sports Podcast. We got JR. Be right back. Before we get to talking about the dynasty and can they three-peat, um, just want to say again, thank you guys for the support. Thank you for tuning in to the All Things Sports Podcast. Um, just Continue to share it. Continue to let people know about it. Try to get these listens up, um, views up. I appreciate you guys. Continue to support on the Facebook page. Leave me some comments, man. Let me know what I'm doing. Let me know if it's okay. Do you want to hear more of this, more of that? What you think, you know, what you disagree with. I would love to interact. So just let me know your thoughts. But also, I want you to go support my brother the Chill uh, with the Chill Bravado podcast. Chill B does an excellent job. Um, has a series called Falcon Around to Find Out, where he talks about his Falcons. He's still talking about them. Uh, I know it's the offseason, but as things happen with the Falcons, he gives his ideas. And also right now, you know, we're in the heat of basketball season, so he has a series called Laker 82-16. Uh, he talks about the long grind of an 82-game season and in the 16 games in the end, in the postseason, to get the chip. So uh, go tune in to my brother. does an excellent job with the Lakers. So let's get back to wrap up this, you know, Super Bowl recap. Is this Chiefs team is it's terrible uh, grammar. Are the Chiefs a dynasty? I think so. Um, here's some people that a lot of people said yes. Some people said no. I heard <laughs> one interesting take I heard. I don't know if any of you remember Rob Parker. Works for um, Fox now. Um he said the Chiefs weren't a dynasty yet, and I thought it was crazy. He said he considers a dynasty three and four years. They've won three and five. I mean, and and went to another one that just lost. So they really they've been to four Super Bowls in five years. To me, how is that not a dynasty? <laughs> how is that not a dynasty? You've been to the promised land four out of five years and you got three of them. That's a dynasty to me. So I think this team is a dynasty. I think they'll go down as one of the better dynasties that we've seen. 
And I've told you guys my definition of dynasty. But if you don't remember, I'll tell you. My definition of a dynasty is you got to have at least three titles and a sustained period of dominance, right? Through a few years. The Warriors, a dynasty. Three titles and what? Four titles, excuse me, in eight years. That's a dynasty to me. A sustained level of dominance for X amount of years and they have a minimum of three titles. Patriots, dynasty to me. Steelers back in the day, a dynasty to me. The Yankees, early, uh, late 90s, a dynasty. They won four titles in five years. Or, yeah, four and five. That's a dynasty to me. It's a sustained period of excellence over an amount of time, and you got three titles. The Chiefs are that. They've been excellent. They've been the sixth straight AFC Championship game. They've been to the Super Bowl four times out of the last five years. They've won three of them. That's a dynasty. No questions to me. Um... And my last question before we get out of here. Can they repeat? Am I taking the Chiefs or the field or will somebody else win? This is tough to me. And I've told y'all, you know, countless number of times that what? I don't bet against 15. And I really don't. I really don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. But in the Super Bowl era, nobody has repeat. Now, Green Bay did it. Um, before the Super Bowl era started. They won two championships, and when Super Bowl started, they won another one. So technically, they three-peated. But this is strictly the Super Bowl era. So in the Super Bowl era, nobody has ever three-peated. I feel like the Chiefs got the eye on that. They want to three-peat. If they three-peat, Mahomes is definitely number two. There ain't no question about it. If they three-peat, it'd be something nobody's ever done. But I don't know if they can three-peat. Um... You still got the Bengals. You still got Joe Burrow. You still got Lamar Jackson. You got the Chargers, who will be better. Um, you still got the Niners. You still got the Eagles. It's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard to three-peat, um, and I don't know if they can. I'm not going to fully answer this question until I see what the roster looks like beginning of next year. So, key few free agents that they have that I want to read and the reason why I'm not answering this question is because they got a lot of questions to answer notable key free agents for the Chiefs this offseason LeJarrius Sneed Chris Jones Michael Dana defensive end sorry Drew Tranquil linebacker Willie Gay linebacker safety Mike Edwards and left tackle Donovan Smith now Donovan Smith can go he got penalized more than any left tackle I've ever seen in my life but Donovan Smith he is a free agent. No, it wasn't him with Jawan Taylor. I'm sorry. Donovan Smith was actually really good. So you got both tackles that you got to address. We got Jawan Taylor on the right, which is horrible. You got Donovan Smith, who has been a 91 pass block win rate, which is excellent. Got to do something with him. Mike Edwards came over from the Buccaneers. They're going to get Cook back. I cannot remember Cook's name, the young fellow they drafted, number six. He plays safety. He ended up fracturing his ankle. I think they'll have him back at the beginning of the year. He was a long, athletic, rangy-type player. I cannot remember his name. I remember his last name was Cook. He'll be back, so the loss of Mike Edwards won't be terrible, but Mike Edwards is the veteran. Mike Edwards now a two-time champ. He knows how to play. They could probably get Mike Edwards back on a lower deal. Willie Gay is huge. Um, right there beside Nick Bolton has played well. 
Drew Tranquil was huge when Nick Bolton went down. So you got both linebackers that you're missing. And Chris Jones and LeJarrius Sneed, two all-pro type players. It's going to be hard. Do you franchise one and give one a deal? Um, do you franchise Sneed, give Chris Jones a deal? I think they need to give Chris Jones a long-term deal and franchise tag LeJarrius Sneed. I really do. Um, I was looking today. They can get some money off of Mahomes' contract. So if they can restructure Mahomes' contract, it'll free up 35 mil. Um, if they can do that, that'll allow them to franchise tag LeJarrius Sneed, give Chris Jones a big deal. And then you're probably going to have to piece together, probably going to have to let a couple of these people go. Drew Tranquil probably going to have to go. Unfortunately, Willie Gay may have to go. You don't want to see that because these guys were key parts of their defense. But Chiefs got a lot of work to do to put this back together. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do. Um, and I got to see that first. If I can see them, what they look like, the end result, if they can resign, you know, Chris Jones and keep Sneed and keep Willie Gay maybe, whatever they can do, they ain't going to be able to keep all these guys, obviously, because there ain't enough money to keep all of them. But if they could do something to keep Chris Jones and Sneed, I might pick them as repeat champions, but that's yet to be seen. But, Hope y'all enjoyed this Super Bowl recap. Um, again, as I've told y'all, I don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to bet against that man. If he makes the Super Bowl, I'm never going to bet against him. But I think it was an excellent game. I hope everybody enjoyed that game. To me, that was one of the better Super Bowls that we've seen in a long time. Um, oh, and I have something right here. I guess this can be considered my rant of the week before I go. I have something to pull up. Do you guys know that Taylor Swift was only shown 54 seconds during the whole Super Bowl? That is 1% of the, that is less than 1% of the entire Super Bowl broadcast. So again, oh, my drink just fell, excuse that. So again, miss me with the, always oh, part of the script. Oh, they just wanted to show Taylor Swift. She was shown for 50 four seconds that's less than one percent of screen time of the super bowl they didn't show her a lot y'all can stop with this taylor swift stuff for me i like taylor swift there's nothing wrong with her and travis kelsey dating people are just want something to complain about that's all it is you just want something to complain about they showed her again one percent that's less than one percent of the time they showed her and y'all complaining about they showing her too much Man, get out of here with that. All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your guy, JR. Hope you guys have a great morning, afternoon, evening, night, whenever that you listen to this. And as always, I appreciate the love. I'm out.